You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's my pleasure as the CEO, as always, I do the same thing, and that's introduce a new show. And it's my pleasure to introduce a new show that will be hosted by none other than... Our Taylor Bird, that is also our director of social media and uh, sales. So she came up with the idea that she wanted to do a show uh, for women. And um, the show is Women's Wednesdays. And uh, this is, it's going to be a, a very good show. And I think something that women will want to tune into from, uh, you know, all over the country. And, uh, It'll literally have many different topics, and, uh, you know, I guess uh, it would be a, a, I would be missing if I didn't say it was somewhat uh, shattering the glass ceiling in some (laughs) cases, but in other cases, just the fact that, uh, you know, uh, women do very interesting things. Uh, Everybody stereotypes women and oh well they got to be secretaries or they got to be this or they got to be that well no they're doing um many many interesting things so with that being said i'm going to turn the show over to uh taylor and introduce you you can see her on uh, youtube you can see her on uh, facebook and here's taylor Awesome. Well, thank you for the glorifying intro, David. Um, So yeah, everybody, my name is Taylor Bird. I am the media relations and sales manager here at America's Web Radio and super excited to be here. Um, Wanted to um, do something new and introduce Women's Wednesdays. So this is going to be all things women, um, whatever that may be. So our special guest today is Rebecca Elliott. Um, We do have her on air now, and she is in Fire EMS. It's been for the last, uh, I'd say, 11 years now. And I am lucky enough to call this badass woman my mother. So, um, hey, uh, Mom, can you hear me? (laughs) I can. Thank you. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Yes. (laughs) So was just wanting to hear more about your story. So I will go ahead and just give you the go-ahead to talk about um, your experience and how you got into this. Okay. Well, um, I worked uh, for an OBGYN for about 10 years, and during that time I learned a lot of things, um, as you know. Um, but I needed more, and it wasn't until a friend of my my dad that you know said hey have you ever considered doing fire and I said I love doing fire but you know I don't think that I think I'm too old and he's like oh my goodness you're never too old so I signed up for uh, fire academy um, in my 30s mid 30s I should say (laughs) and decided to do a career change and it was the best thing that ever happened to me so it's just been you know started fire academy and um I was actually the uh, first female to uh, ever receive the Scholastic Award um, through LCC's Fire Academy, the 50th, hoorah, and uh, graduated top of my class um, in the Fire Academy, being the second oldest person in the Academy, uh, went off to get my EMT 
through uh, Lansing Community College uh, after that, and then off to get my paramedic. So here I am. So I was boots on the ground for about 10 years and obtained a full-time position here at Delhi Fire. I was here part-time for a really long time, part-time paid on call because we're a combination department, and decided uh, to apply for the emergency management recruitment and retention, and here I am. You know, starting a new career. I'm going to uh, just interject a little bit. Uh, and many, many years ago when I was in school, I was an EMT, and uh, I, uh, I must say it was the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. I, I thought being a disc jockey at uh, 15 wasn't bad, but at the same token, uh, after that, uh, I went the other route and went to, uh, as an EMT, and you know, there was one thing that I always remember, and will always remember, as a matter of fact, is that um, when you've got somebody on the gurney or whatever, and and uh, you're in the back of the ambulance uh, doing what you can do, and when I was an EMT, <laughs> there was limited things that we can do. It's not like it is today, but um, and, and most of the time we didn't have the large ambulances like they have today that uh, carry everything but the the operating light but uh, you know we we did what we could with what we had to, and most of it was uh, oxygen and a and a kidney uh, pan and you know what that's used for and uh, <laughs> I uh, but the the thing was that you'd pick somebody up and the look in their eye and they knew that I wasn't a doctor nor was I trying to play doctor, but the look in their eye of just get me to the hospital. And then once you once we pulled into the hospital and uh, we were unloading, the look in their eye of thank you. And it's a look that uh, uh, you, n- no words ever had to be said. It was just a look on their face, you know. And uh, I'm sure you've experienced it thousands I, I of times. Could, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's I've been on some calls where... I wish I could forget, and you've been on some calls where it was like, this is why I do this job. Yeah. Um, and you're right. You know, we can only do so much in the back of the ambulance. I mean, it's it's basically a little mini emergency department, and it's, you just, you do what you can do with the time that you have, and, because I worked both. I worked at Delhi Fire and at uh, NISA, which is in Williamston Fire Department, which is also a full-time combination department. Which is in Michigan. EMS, which is a whole new, whole new ball game. Well, we, you uh, rural EMS and then city EMS, where you're only, like, two minutes from the, two minutes from the hospital as opposed to, like, 20. Uh, we, uh, we... <laughs> We worked. We were owned by the uh, fire, five funeral homes, and so unfortunately, uh, uh, if we weren't successful, we might see the person one more time. But uh, you know, it was just—it was a very, very rewarding thing, and uh, I loved it. And I made a mistake by not going that route in my life, as opposed to what I did do. But uh, uh, I do appreciate your service and. Uh, as a what we do here, and we're very close to uh, our veterans, and very close to uh, uh, the military, and we always include first responders uh, because the one thing that 
I, I don't. I can't address Michigan, but uh, there were times that uh, there were areas of the city that I was in that um, some folks literally thought we carried drugs, which <laughs> we didn't carry. We barely carried water, much less drugs. And uh, you know, you 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 didn't know what you were driving into a lot of times. And uh, so first responders. That is, uh, that is very uh, true. Dispatch job. information can always be completely different than what you're walking into because they can only get so much information on that phone call before somebody hangs up. So, yeah, I think we, we've had lots of surprises. <laughs> That's it. So to go back to just being a woman and, and being in such a male-dominated field, I mean, Obviously, like this, you had gone through this when I was what? This must have been early high school. This seems like forever ago. Um, but <laughs> just, <laughs> just your struggles and and what you heard just from males. Um, obviously, you're not much taller than me. You're what five three, and I mean built just like me, everybody. So. Um, for those looking on YouTube right now, um, you can see us live from the website, and we are live on Facebook as well. So tune in if you want to see. But uh, going back to that, so did you ever hear any sort of comments, whether that was from uh, males or, or females, just the fact that you couldn't do it? Oh, there was. Well, <laughs> if I instill anything in my children, it's it's that determination, that that sense of motivation and determination. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me I can't do something, and I'll prove you wrong. So <laughs> um, I heard a lot of negativity. You know, the first thing is, you know, people are like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm on 35. And they go, well, don't you think you're a little old to be starting a new career? And I was like, all right, well, you know, that, that, every, every piece of negative uh, comment that I received, I, I just, I took it. And I buried it, and that was when we were doing stairs or PT, because Fire Academy um, through Lance Community College is very military-based. We've got physical uh, physical training first thing in the morning, and it was brutal. Um, I would come home, and, you know, after, after doing PT, then we have class, and then some days we would do the practical ground or the fire ground, and I would literally collapse. But here's the thing. All of those 20-somethings that I was in class with, they went home and collapsed, too. So it, you, it was just a matter of channeling that negativity. I mean, I could, sure, I could have let that bring me down. I could have, you know, taken it and said, you know, hey, I can't do this. Maybe they're right. No, I, I was raised by, you know, I had two older brothers and a dad and a mom that, you know, especially my mom, she, she was just, you know, don't ever give up, don't ever quit, you know, the word can't should never come out of your mouth. I mean, that's just how right. I was raised. So it, it, you have to have thick skin. I mean, you can't be a delicate flower um, working in this line of work. There, there's just no way. You you will not survive because there's a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, comments that could be made. There's um, not necessarily saying at my department because my department were, I mean, these guys were in my wedding and you know, we're we're family. We're a small department, so we 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 tend to like take care of each other. Mm-hmm. But you know, you hear stories from other you know larger departments and stuff where you know comments are being made, and you know it's kind of a uh, you got to take what they say, and you've got two things: you can either be one of the guys and give it right back, or you can run to HR and say 
so and so said this to me. You know, you got, you got to learn how to deal with it. You not necessarily deal with it. You got to learn how to, you know, take what they're saying, channel it, and then give it right back to them and, and, and prove them wrong. Absolutely. So, so I mean, you didn't not only have your gender against you, you also had age and being, you know, thir- late 30s, early 40s, completely changing your career because, as you said, you started off in an OBGYN um, working for, I should say, an OBGYN um, and then went on to nursing and it wasn't until you blew out your whole knee that you would thought, you know what, like, I don't want to be a nurse. I want to be a firefighter. I want the adrenaline rush. So to females that are, you know, at any age, could be they're fresh out of high school, they could be in college or 30, 40 years old, what advice would you give them um, going into something like this? Going into, like, my career, my, my, my line of career would be never give up. If you are truly passionate and this is what you want to do, don't ever give up. Just, you know, as you know, Tay, growing up, it's it's always keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I did fire an EMT and went through paramedic as you know, as a single mom. Put And then by the time that came along, you, you girls were in college. So it was... It was just keep moving forward. I'm not saying I wasn't knocked down. I wasn't saying that I had bad days. I'm not saying that I didn't have bad calls. But you just you just keep moving forward. I can't stress that enough. It's, it's take the negativity that's given to you and just rechannel that and just make that your drive. Mm-hmm. You know that that determination. Just you, you set your sights on that prize of what you want to be. And you just don't let anything stand in your way. You just go after it. Mm-hmm. So as far as some of these stories with these calls, do you feel like you had, um, you know, I guess, tell us about a time when you were on a call where you felt, hey, being a woman, I have a total advantage on this. And then on the flip side, I'd love to hear one of your stories about, hey, you know, I was at a huge disadvantage being a woman. I'd, I'd love for for everyone to hear more about those two stories. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so the advantages of being a woman. Um, as you know, most of the, the the crews that I work with here at Delhi, they, they're guys. I was the only female on the department for a really long time. Um, and every time we would get that call where it was a female and they're like having abdominal pain, they're like, hey, hey, this one's yours. You can have this one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a matter of, you know, hey, but I did have my advantages. Um, sometimes, you know, when you have small children, you know, I, I have three kids of my own, as you know, and I've got that motherly instinct. Like, I just want to baby all the kids, all of the babies. I just want to, like, take them and just say, hey, look, everything's going to be okay. And sometimes the tone of voice, you know, it's you have that advantage of being a woman. You can relate to another woman. You can relate, you know, being a mom to to a child that is sick and not feeling good, and the parents are like, hey, we don't know what to do. Um, uh, I can I can use that female, that feminine side, and just say, you know, it, it's okay. I've, I've, I've got him. I promise he's going to be okay in, in, in transport. Um, the disadvantage, uh, well, we'll just take the fire ground, for example. Um, as you know, I'm like 5'3", with my boots on, and I've got about <laughs> 75 pounds a year. And I can't always reach, so I kind of have to jump 
to reach certain things, um, which they, you know, they make fun of me. They laugh at me. They joke about it. They're like, hey, we're going to get you a little pink stool so you can reach all the equipment on the trucks. And I was like, nope. You learn to adapt and overcome. Of course, it's a pink um, stool of all things. So, <laughs> in one of the things, um, being a female and being my size, you know, I'm not that tall. Um, and the engine, when I was engineering, uh, the engine, driving the engine, the seat wouldn't move up far enough for me to reach the pedals. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to, you know, I can't, I can't drive this. And then I was like, I look over and of course the words I can't came out of my mouth and I just wanted to like eat them. Mm-hmm. And I saw map books and I was like, oh, I can do map books. I threw the map books behind my back to push me forward. You know, you just, you just adapt and overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we are actually going to go to a quick break, uh, but everybody stay tuned to hear more about Rebecca Elliott and her story as a woman in Fire EMS. This is Taylor with Women's Wednesdays on America's Web Radio. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome back to Women's Wednesdays on America's Web Radio, and your host is Taylor Berg. And uh, Taylor also is too modest, probably, to say this, but I don't have a problem with saying it. If you've got a question about America's Web Radio, or you think you might be able to do a show, or you think you would like your opinion expressed, contact Taylor. And or if you'd just like to advertise on America's Web Radio, We'd be glad to hear from you. Call Taylor at America's Web Radio anytime or drop her an email and uh, you all can start talking, have a conversation, as they say. So now back to Taylor. Awesome. Thanks, David. So we uh, before the break, we were touching on the advantages and the disadvantages of women in the fire EMS workplace. So um, Rebecca Elliott, we have on with us, who I have the pleasure of calling my mother, um, is on with us right now. So mom, um, Becky, I guess I, I should say, uh, <laughs> it feels weird calling you by your first name. <laughs> mom, why don't you uh, continue before? 
before um, we had gone on that break more about those those disadvantages because you had mentioned um, having this womenly instinct and and being nurturing and sometimes it's just the sound of a woman's voice that can give you a huge advantage or whether that's lower abdominal pain when it comes to females a guy just throws up his hands and says you got it so a um, couple advantages there to to just rehash that but go into more of those those disadvantages um, disadvantages, uh, you know, again, my size. Um, it, it's it's basic. It's a lot of adapting and overcoming when it comes to um, the use of the equipment because the equipment is big and bulky. Like everybody knows the jaws of life, and um, we use those, you know, to get people out of cars. Um, we use them to breach doors. Uh, it, it's a multi-purpose tool, but it is a very big and bulky tool. Well. Guys carry their strength in their upper body. You know, they're, they're strong, they work out, and I'm not saying I'm not strong and I don't work out, but women carry a lot of their strength in their legs and their hips. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a matter of, uh, hold, you know, I may have to hold the tool differently. It's not saying I can't do the job. I can do the job. Tell me I can't, and I'll show you that I will, and I can. Um, it's just a matter of I've got to do, I've, I have to hold it differently or I've got to use, like, part of my leg or leverage or whatever. Um, that, I think that's the biggest thing in, in, in getting stuff done. Like I said, every time I have to close a door um, on the side of the truck, it's like i got to jump and reach the handle and pull it down and, you know, the, the, the comments are made. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that... Uh, a lot of disadvantages um, because we are a small department and we are family. You know, if I get, you know, there's a couple times where I had a very combative patient, you know, and um, we're on scene and the guys will be like, hey, back, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. And I was like, no, I, I got it. You know, if I need your help, I'll let you know. But I've, I've got it. And they're like, no, no, I don't feel comfortable with you taking me. You know, because you do. You take a lot of... Uh, derogatory remarks, very sexist, chauvinistic remarks um, from people. You know, I always say um, dealing with somebody under the influence is like, excuse me, smelling the color 12, Um, (laughs) which there's no reasoning with them. Um, So there's a huge disadvantage um, being my size and being female because they think that they can take advantage. They think that, you know, they have the the right or um, the audacity to to grope at you, to grab at you, and um, I've had to, you know, stand my ground. I've had to put people back in their place um, politely. Uh, I've had the uh, honor to work with Ingham County Sheriff's Department. They're they're on scene a lot of times when we were working with combative patients, and you know, I always have one of those guys, you know, that I mean, some of them have them on speed dial on my phone, and you know, in case anything happens, you know. Um, they're like, hey, back. Do you want me to ride with you to the hospital? You know, just to make sure. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I think you should. Um, and then there's other times where I'm like, no, I think I got it. I know how to handle them. And you know, and plus I've got the guys in front. So, you know, when because we're family, and you know, these are my brothers. These are my guys. So they kind of like they're protective. And so, um, you know, from the chief all the way down to you know who are paid-on-call people, um, paid-on-call and part-time, you know, being a female, they, they tend to, to to take care of us. They want to make sure that we're going to be okay. And at the same time, they don't baby us. They don't um, 
coddle us and say, you know, let me do this for you kind of a thing when it comes to a task. It's like, hey, do you want me? They ask, hey, do you want me to take this or, you know, do you feel comfortable with this? They always make sure that you're you're comfortable with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... Do you all do... Uh, I think that kind of answers your question. <laughs> do you all do much... Uh, do you do any of the transport from, like, nursing to uh, hospital or that kind of... Um, you're cutting out. Let me move to a different room. Hold on. We've got some pretty thick walls here. I, I, uh, can you hear me okay now? Yes. Uh, do you all do a lot of the transport? Like from nursing home? Uh, that's a special, um, special task force that does that. Um, but we are the, our department is part of Metro, which is a, a combination of five departments. Um, so you've got Lansing Fire, Lansing Township Fire, East Lansing, Delta, um, and Del High. So the five of us make up metro area. And from each department, we've got specialties. So like high-rise or anything like that, we've got East Lansing. Um, but not saying that there aren't guys trained or other, I'm not saying guys. I, I, I refer to males and females as guys. Um, but they've got other people trained from other departments that can help in with that. So that's kind of a specialty thing as a confined space. Um but we do have people that are, are trained specifically for that. If you're not trained, you don't go in. I, uh, I think that was probably the worst thing. I. The good side was uh, delivering babies. The bad side was doing transport on uh, comatose. And, uh, you know, they, they're in a coma, but they still feel and uh, will yell and scream and everything else. And I got tickled when you were talking about um, someone under the influence. I We picked up a guy that was drunker than a skunk, had a wreck, and every time the driver would hit the siren, he would go bananas. And it got to the point that uh, we did exactly what you said. We had a cop following us, and we stopped in the middle of the road. The cop jumped in and uh, took care of him. And uh, but it was he was going crazy, and uh, yeah, there's a being a paramedic. Uh, we've got you know we can always call the hospital and get an order and say, hey, this person is completely combative. We can't control them. You know, can you give us an order? And we carry some drugs on our on our ambulances like to help with that. You know, it's like all right, you're going on that K train ride. Enjoy. You know, which is ketamine <laughs> that we that yeah. we use. Um, uh, which I've had to do that um, a couple times uh, working rural EMS because we were so far from the hospital. We had a gentleman that tried to, like, kick a back window out of a van being transported from one jail to another and decided once he was in our area to kick out a back window and jump out of a moving van on the highway. Um, and it took several, several officers to, like, contain him. And I think I had probably five or six officers in the back of my ambulance um, while well, uh, my partner and I are trying to, like, you know, sedate him just to get him under control because people that are, are that are in that frame of mind, that state of mind, they are strong. You, you think um, a little lady, you know, 98 pounds soaking wet, you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I, I've got this. No, they have the strength of an ox. It is amazing the strength that they have. And they always have super long nails that like to dig in your arms because they claw you. Because, you know, it's it's one of those things. So you can't always, you know, use medication on them because, you know, they're so tiny and 
their metabolism, they metabolize medications differently, so you just kind of like sit on them for a little bit. Um, but the big ones, you know, the, the ones you, they, that I always say, you know, dealing with them is like smelling the color 12. So <laughs> those are the ones that we, that we usually medicate. What is your fondest memory? My fondest memory, um, I would have to say, um, I, I had a lot of experience working in rural EMS, and I loved it um, because you actually have time to be a paramedic. Like you, you have time to use your skills. You have time to use, you know, all this training that you've worked so hard to get to. And I would have to say it was probably the child that ran. See. Uh, we call febrile seizures. Um, it's basically when a child's body temperature raises drastically in a very short time. So it goes from normal to like 105 in, you know, half hour causes seizures. So um, the mom was just so thankful we get there. The baby's at, you know, he's not a baby, but he's baby to me. He's probably about a year and a half, two years old. And he was actively seizing when we got there. And the parents' faces, oh, my goodness, they, like, ripped my heart out, <laughs> you know, because they're, like, looking at their child, you know, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. This has never happened before, you know, save my baby kind of a thing. And I would have to say, you know, once we got the medication on board, the seizure stopped, the baby comes around, and the parents were just, just the, that sense of relief on their face was just amazing. It was, it was like, hey, I did something good today. So um, that that was probably probably my fondest memory. I, we we ran on him a couple times after that. Um, this poor child um, was diagnosed with RSV, um, which is like a breathing uh, viral that attacks the respiratory system and in children, um, which we're now finding in adults. Go figure. Um, things that normally children get uh, are now being passed to adults. Adults are getting. RSV and epiglottitis, like things that children would, would normally get. Mm-hmm. But we ran on him a couple times after that um, for, for for being sick and breathing problems, and the parents were always like, oh, my gosh, I remember you. You're the one that saved my child. And it was like, oh. That's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, one of those things that just, that just stick with you, you know. Absolutely. Well, we are going to take a quick break, but we will be right back. I'm Taylor, and this is Women's Wednesday on America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody, we are back. This is Taylor, and we are hosting Women's Wednesday, All Things Ladies. So we have Rebecca Elliott here with us um, talking about her experience in fire and EMS. So before the break, we were talking about um, your some of your fondest memories. Uh, so uh, did you have any other particular ones that may have stood out, whether that was with children, maybe with somebody that is a little bit older? Because I do recall you having a specific call, Mom, um, where this lady ha- was having chest pains. Um, you had gone over there, and she ended up, being perfectly fine and she just kept apologizing over and over and over again how sorry she was for calling you in and she had um, some records playing on a record so do you want to share more about that story because I know that story but not everybody else does oh my goodness again this was uh, my rural EMS days um, actually she we ran on her before for chest pain um, and her husband, her late husband, bless his heart, he was such a sweetheart, um, passed away shortly after, or shortly before this call. Um, but we had a medical alarm go off because she wore a medical alarm. She was an elderly lady. She um, didn't, you know, lived alone. She was, you know, her, her children were afraid that something would happen to her and she would be able to call. So right. she was actually doing some cleaning that day, and she accidentally pushed her medical alarm while she bent over and of course we show up there and and we are knocking on the doors and um we're not seeing anything and next thing you know we we're in the picture this big picture window you know because we're out in the country and she sees us and about has a heart attack and she's like oh my gosh you guys gave me chest pain why are you here and i was like well we had a medical alarm call we just wanted to make sure that you were okay and she was like, oh, bless your hearts, come in. And she, like, talked to us. I made sure she was okay. And we talked about her husband and how she missed him. And, and you know, I apologized again. I'm like, I'm sorry. We did everything we could. You know, it's just one of those things that you just, you know, you just do what you can. And and that was a hard part. Um, that was a hard, hard pill to swallow. And so, and then she was, I noticed that she had uh, Frank Sinatra playing on the radio. That's and I was like, oh, my goodness, you have Frank Sinatra playing. I said, I love old Blue. There's baby blue eyes. And she goes, oh, don't you love him? She goes, I have all these records. I have Elvis and, and all these things. And I said, yeah, I grew up on those. I said, my dad had a record player, and we used to, you know, I used to stand on his feet, and we'd dance in the living room and to Bobby V and Elvis Presley. And uh, I can't even remember. The names are leaving my mind right now. But, like, all of these old you know, Frank Sinatra, uh, Fred Astaire, Dean Martin, uh, Rat Pack. And so she would, um, the, later, so we, we made sure she was okay and we were listening to music. I was going through her records and going, oh my gosh, these are just amazing records. Some of them were signed by, by the artist, um, which were pretty awesome. And anyways, we, we clear and we get back to the, to the station and, uh, our secretary comes in. She goes, "Hey, I've got this phone call. Um, she wants to know if you would take her record player because her children, you know, she was actually cleaning when you went over there because um, her children says that she needed to clear stuff out um, because they wanted to move her closer to them. And you loved her record player so much that you know she wanted to know if you would take it. 
for everything that you've done for her. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I keep, we're not allowed to take gifts, but if she wants to give it to, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, t- I'd be honored to take it. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, they're like, well, here's her number. And so I called her and I said, I, so I understand that you are cleaning house out, you know, cleaning house. And she says, yeah. She goes, I should have said something while you were here, but you just loved the music and the the sparkle in your eye when you were listening to it. She goes, you would appreciate this as much as I would. And my children don't want it, and I really want you to have it. And I was like, you know what? I'd be honored. I, You know, I'll take it. And of course, we're not supposed to receive gifts or anything, but she wanted me to have this so bad. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. So it... All of her records sit in my cabinet, and her record player sits in my my living room. So it was it was pretty cool. And I cannot wait to go home and enjoy it because I will be flying in back to Michigan from Georgia on Friday. I cannot wait. Other than the fact that it is going to be brutally cold. I mean, 50 in Georgia feels cold to me now. Um, So for those of you that don't know, I'm originally from the Lansing area of Michigan and have been down in the Atlanta area of Georgia for about two years now. So um, for anybody that's looking for warmer weather like I was, Atlanta's a great place. Becky, did you all, uh, or do you all use the 10 code? Use the 10 codes, like 10-4, anything like, like that? Yeah, 10-8, 10-19. Um, well, law enforcement still does. Um, uh, but we usually we usually are just, you know, hey, we're clear on that. Uh, we're big on repeating the information that's given to us. So if just that says, you know, if there's a change in information, we are we're instructed to repeat that information back to make sure yes we received it and and they're clear that we got it so not a whole lot um sometimes you hear a little 10-4 you know like hey i'm clear or whatever 10-4 um but not a lot it's that's mostly uh law enforcement that that uses the 10 code but as far as the fireside it's it's a lot of it's it's plain language yeah uh again many years ago we we did use the 10 code and uh had to memorize and like ten eight ten nineteen. Uh, we're back in service, and uh, it, it was always interesting. And uh, we didn't do a whole lot of uh, unit to base conversation. Uh, and generally speaking, we kept it uh, within the ten code as much as we could, unless there was some type of thing that. And we didn't have uh, communications with the hospital directly either. Uh, we just strictly had it with our base, and uh, if there was a need, the base would call the hospital, and uh, we'd go <laughs> sort of patch through and do the best we could until we got there. But anyway, I'll let you back with Taylor. <laughs> so <laughs> we we uh, had talked about some of your fondest memories, and obviously everybody does have you know those few that that really pulled on the heartstrings, and again. I know those stories, um, but I know that there are a handful that you've shared um, very vague details, and and they they really got me. So, um, can you share some of those those stories and really talk about how you've overcome those as far as like counseling that is offered through Fire and EMS? Um, like I said, you know, I hope I can like talk about these without getting choked up, but. Um there's some calls that you just, you know, you wish you could unsee. Um, 
you guys know that if I call you and say, or t- send you a text and say, I love you, slow down, wear your seatbelt, that kind of thing. Um, I've been on on a really bad PI involving three children that resembles you guys. And that's a call that will probably stay with me forever. Um, but there is, you know, working, you know, for our department's a family, and we have what's called the CAPS program, the Capital Area Peer Support Group, or Back in the Badge, where, you know, you can talk to somebody. Um, we've got people that are trained here in our department. Um, it was actually oh, one of those calls where, um, or one of those days where I, I was working two jobs. I was working, as you know, I was working um, at NISA, and I, you know, very rarely did just a 24-hour shift. It was always like a 24 into a 36 into, you know, a 48-hour shift. Right, with um, but very that, little sleep. I was 24 <laughs> because I had a really bad call. Um, that's a call that, you know, I talked to you guys about. Um, but then I had to come to Delhi. So I went home, I showered, I had coffee, and I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to get my stuff together here. <laughs> and and you know get my coffee and head over to Delhi so came into Delhi and these guys knew about it and I didn't know they knew about it um but they did because some of them worked that that shift the day before as well you know just covering other people's shifts and the first thing my captain did was hey come in and talk to me how you doing you know just that support that you have you know um at Delhi, we've had some some pretty tragedies. You know, tragic things happen here, um, especially when it involves children. I mean, that's 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 something that's just it's just not normal. And you don't you don't like to think about it, but it's just one of those things that oh, that you just you know kind of throw in the back of your mind and kind of suppress it, and then when you're alone, you you know you let it all out and mm-hmm. or you call one of your friends or your kids and like you because <laughs> I know I talk to you a lot and say yeah <laughs> you know hey I had this really bad call and I just wanted to talk to you and make sure you're okay because as a mom when you're two babies especially your girls that you doted on their entire lives you know move five states away you've got you in Atlanta and then Allison and Dallas and you know, it, it's hard. You know, you just want to, the first thing you want to do after a bad call, you know, whether it involves children or not, you just want to, like, go home and hug your family and just know that they're there. And yeah. it's kind of hard to do when, when your kids live five states away, so... Okay, but. you you need to get it together because you're gonna make me cry, and this is my very <laughs> first radio show, and I am not trying to cry on the air right now, mother. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of, like, the texts and the calls, I mean, we always know you put Allie, Ethan, and I in a group chat, and you say, you know, always wear your seatbelt or never text and drive, and we kind of already know what kind of call you had, and I frankly do not know how you can go through every day seeing what you've seen and and just handling that mentally because... I for sure. <laughs> you did not pass that medical gene on to me. You did pass the gift of gab, which is why I am in radio now, um, which is great. But 
I I don't know how the men and the women do what you do day to day and and see the things that you guys see. But uh, we are actually going to cut to a break here. So everybody stick with us. This is Taylor and this is Women's Wednesday. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Taylor with Women's Wednesday um, on America's Web Radio. So we are here again with Rebecca Elliott talking about her experience being a woman in fire EMS. So um, now talking more about just being a mom, obviously, that goes along with being a female. And I'd love to hear, and obviously I know, by being your daughter, but I'm sure everyone would like to hear a little bit more about being a mom and having a family and and the strain or the struggles or the successes that come from being in the field that you're in. Um, so would you mind kind of sharing some more about that and as far as like relationships as well, dating? What is dating like? Obviously, you know, Divorce and everything, a single mom going through fire academy, working two jobs, raising three kids, and going through a divorce. So um, it's safe to say you are my hero and have been for many years, which also made it um, I had no excuse to not get good grades in school, but that's besides the point. So uh, yeah, back to the um, back to the show as far as dating, family, um, being a woman, fire EMS, tell us more about that. Um, it's, it's all about balance. Um, I worked a lot. I worked more than than what I wanted to. Um, being a single mom, I didn't, you know, have the funds. You know, working fire EMS, we don't do that for the money. Um, there's not a whole lot of money uh, in it. We do it because we love the job. We have a passion, and we want to do something. You know, I wanted to help people, you know, Um that's why I worked in the ER at McLaren uh, in Lansing for six years, you know, because I, I couldn't, I, I needed that extra money. But at the same time, it was, you know, something that could build on my career and make me a better paramedic. So um, that part, as far as, you know, trying to balance family and date, dating was a joke. Um, we'll, just, we'll just put that out there. Um, dating was horrible. <laughs> um 
I'm sure that everybody can agree that after a divorce and you start dating and you think, you know, hey, this is cool. No, it's not. Not. My advice to people that are newly divorced is give yourself a year. Give yourself a year to find out really who you are. Um, being married, you know, my 17-year starter marriage. Um, uh, and then being, a, you know, going from that to a single mom, you know, that, that was a huge, huge struggle. Um, because I... I did have the support of, of grandma and grandpa, you know, my, my parents. Um, I couldn't have done this without them um, by any means because, uh, as you know, grandma stepped in when I couldn't be there. And, right. Um, I just, I, I don't know what I would have done without them. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for them because when I had, you know, school, when I was working two jobs and then I was going to school and paramedic school, everybody knows, is a full-time job in itself. You've got, not only do you have your classwork, you've got homework, but you've got clinicals and rotations and, oh, hey, you have to spend so much time in the OR because you have to learn how to innovate with the anesthesiologist um, and you have mm-hmm. to have five, you have to sink, we call it sinking, you have to sink five tubes before you can, you know, continue on. I mean, it was stressful. It was so stressful. There were times where, um, oh, actually, when I got done with paramedic school, Grandma um, handed me, so I had these calendars, and it was two years. It was 22 months of class where I worked two jobs, two pretty much full-time jobs, because if I wasn't at the ER, I was at Delhi, and I was going to school full-time, and I was already divorced, but in dating, Jesus, forget dating, um, she handed me after I got done and I, I took my national registry for my paramedic exam and I passed it one and done, which I thought I failed it because don't ever take paramedic exam or your national registry on a Friday evening. Everyone, please do it on a Monday because then you'll know by the next day. I had to wait till Monday, <laughs> um, which was horrifying. There's not enough wine on the face of this earth to get me through that weekend. Um, anyway, so I thought I thought I failed it and because it kicked me out I didn't even get to like question 70 I think I was still in the 60s or something and I was sitting in a chair for like not even an hour and it kicked me out and I was like oh my gosh what did I do I failed it I failed it well I passed it I passed it one and done and grandma and grandpa were so like so excited they're like oh my gosh you've come so far look you've got your fire your EMT and now you're paramedic look at you you're a single mom you're rocking this and in my mind, I was thinking, I'm rocking this, really, because I feel like I'm falling apart because I just want to climb into a closet, cover up with a blanket, suck my thumb, and cry because <laughs> it was it was very treacherous. And so Grandma hands me this stack of, like, papers, and I'm like, what is she doing? And she goes, hey, I just wanted to give these back to you and show you what you've done. And I was like, what is it? She goes, so... I had everything, so like when I worked at McLaren ER, I would print out my calendar, my schedule from that, and then I would add everything else to that calendar, so everything was on one. Because grandma and grandpa filled in so much, you know, she had a day-to-day, like, okay, I need you for the kids between this time and this time because I have a clinical, or I have a ride-along, or I have to work. And she gave them back to me, and she goes, here you go. And I looked at it, and I just started bawling. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. Oh, my gosh, how did I do this? How did I do it? I did it because I had three I had three amazing kids that if I taught them anything, it was 
keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward. Keep going no matter what. Just keep going. And I had two amazing parents that, you know, were there. And they're like, hey, we've got you. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you've got, you know, parents that have your back, kids that are doing well, and they're doing what they need to do, and it's like, yes, you missed the crap out of them because I missed out on a lot with you guys, and that's something that I can never get back. But I can enjoy everything now, so. Yeah, and. <laughs> oh, I know. <sighs> um, my secretary is listening and on the radio, and she was like, you're making me cry. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even know about the, the calendar thing, but, I mean, that's that's a way for you to have an absolute visual of of everything that you went through. So just before we we start to to wrap up the show because we're we're coming to the hour um for for any girls that that are looking to do this, I mean you you said to to just keep pushing forward, don't let the comments get in the way like don't just, you know, punch that glass ceiling absolutely shatter it, annihilate it, blow it up and and really just just keep going. Don't don't ever stop. Don't let the, the, the momentum slow you down or just keep I guess keep the momentum going. Um so as far as like the statistics go, this is a male dominated field. So within your department other than your secretary that you had just mentioned because you said she is bawling. Um, are there any <laughs> other females there? Because you, you had mentioned guys and, and you referred to your guys and your gals as just guys. So are you the only woman on the department right now? Um, actually, um, because I, as you know, I got promoted. I'm now the emergency manager, recruitment and retention coordinator um, for my township. And so I'm at a desk job now. So the Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, weekends, holidays off, is a so weird to me still. I've been in this position <laughs> for uh, just a year. And I'm used to working, you know, 96 to 110 hours every single week for the last 10 years and going from that to this. Um, so part of my job is is recruitment and retention. And one of the things I wanted to do was bring some balance. We needed balance here. So... I'm not the only female on the department anymore. Uh, we, I did uh, hire some, um, some other females um, on the department to bring some of that balance. And we've got some spitfires. I, 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 I'm really happy and pleased with, with what we have on our department. We've got a pretty strong department right now. Um, I'd like to get some more women. Um, but as you know, and, and it's a nationwide thing. It's not just a Delhi thing or a City of Lansing thing or you know, a Pennsylvania, you know, state of Pennsylvania, it's a nationwide thing. Uh, there is a shortage. Nobody wants to be a firefighter paramedic anymore. Um, and it shows because our combination departments are, are diminishing. So um, I would like to bring on some more. Um, if, if there's any, you know, women that are looking to do this, definitely jump in. Um, jump in with both feet uh, because there is such a shortage. And I'm sure... You know, Atlanta's the same way. There is a shortage of firefighter paramedics out there. And if you're looking for that adrenaline and you're crazy like the rest of us here that work here in our department, <laughs> um, do it. Don't, don't, don't let it stand in your way. Just, just do it. So if there's somebody that is, you know, on edge about not sure if they want to really go into this is, 
is volunteering an option? I mean, is that something that people could do to kind of test out the waters and see, hey, maybe this is for me? Um, I highly suggest, so um, we're, we do fire and EMS here, and there are some people that are like, yeah, I just like the fire thing, but I can't do the EMS, you know, I can't do the blood, I can't do the gore, you know, but it, I can do the fire thing, you know, but they don't understand that the fire thing also includes, like, we call them PIs or car accidents. Right. Okay, well, it, it, you're going to see gore. You're going to see that. Um, not as much, but you're going to still see it. My suggestion to people is to go talk to your local fire department. You know, go take a walk. Talk to the people there. Get their standpoint because every department's different. There are some areas where they do a lot of fire. Um, other areas, um, other departments, they do a lot of PIs or this department runs a lot of medical. So you talk to them. Talk to people that are in the field. Talk to people that are, you know, at your local department like, hey, you know, as you know, Tay, like from the day we we moved here, like I wanted to be at this department. You mm-hmm. know, that was my goal. My my chief at the time was like, "Well, go and do fire and EMS, and come back and talk to me." And he honestly thought he'd never see me again. You know, he saw this mom with children, and you know, never thought. So I was like, "All right." So I go and I do my fire, I do my EMT, and I come back, and I'm like, "Okay, here I am. What what's next?" <laughs> you know. So, you know, just. Just go talk to them. Um, there are some private EMS um, that will allow you to do ride-alongs, or maybe your fire department, township, um, or city will allow you to do ride-alongs, and just try it out. You know, yeah. see if that's for you. Yeah, and that's, I feel like, a great way. That's not, <clears throat> excuse me, just reading about something. Like, that's firsthand, because I feel like fire and EMS, that's not something that you can read about. That's that's something that you have to ex- experience with, with all five senses. And it's, it's not easy, and it's not for everyone. But obviously, with there being a shortage, um, we're, we're welcoming the women. And if Rebecca Elliott at 5'3", I won't tell your, your weight, but you're not much more than me. <laughs> um, if she can do it after a divorce and, and three kids, it's anybody can do it. It's possible. It is 110% possible to do a career change, to to really go in and feel like you're making a difference. And, yeah, you know, the money's not there, but, I mean, you raised me. Like, just happiness comes first, and, and you've really showed me that if you really want something, you can do it, and as long as you work hard, you've got it. And... For for any of the women that are listening today, just want to say thank you because this is my very first show and um, would like to obviously get more women on here. So this is Women's Wednesdays, ladies, all things women, whether you want to come on here and talk about health or women in the workplace or whatever it may be, please email me. I... Um, I'm always checking my email. So that's Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at americaswebradio.com. So feel free to send me any ideas if you want to come on the show. Great. But we do have a show coming up. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to talk to Janet Fan about her uh, relationship and her being a single mom. But thank you so much, Rebecca, um, mom, for coming on today. We really appreciate it. (laughs) I'm always here to support you. Awesome. Sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Great. Well, everybody stay tuned. Again, this is Taylor at um, America's Web Radio, and this is Women's Wednesday. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.